Hey everybody, this is Andy, aka Love Retro BTW, across Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. I do a podcast every Saturday called Cafe BTW, a morning gaming podcast, a retrospective look at the wonderful world of retro gaming, from interviews to guests. Join us every Saturday, like a Saturday morning cartoon, starting at 8 a.m., 11 a.m. Eastern. Also, if you're on Twitter, Please join the brand new retro gaming community, a place to share, connect, and show your love for the retro gaming community. All the links are down below. And remember, enjoy the Gamers Week podcast. Coming up on Gamers Week podcast. Mario Strikers was part of a trio of sports games, Mario sports games on the GameCube that we played a ton of, the others being Mario Superstar Baseball and Mario Golf Toadstool Tour. Say that three times fast. Toadstool Tour. Toadstool Tour. Uh, even after the second one, I was done. Yeah. Toadstool Tour. Toadstool Tour. Toadstool Tour. <laughs> tour. 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 Moich. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I continue to be impressed that you have like every movie in the world memorized. Stripes is one of my favorites, and it was yes. a movie that I was shown way too early. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, you know the the I wish I was a Lufa scene. Right. Yes, that's the one I used to pause. Yeah. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. Drop the soap contents. Good. Good. Oh man, I wish I was a Lufa. <laughs> I <wish> I was <laughs> a Lufa. <laughs> All right. Welcome to Gamers Week Podcast. Like the name says, we analyze the best, worst, and weirdest headlines of the past week in the video game industry. This is episode 49, and today is Wednesday, November 30th, 2022. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. My name is Blue Williams, and I'll be your host for this evening. But I am not alone. I have my two fine co-hosts with me. I am joined by Ryan Angry Wolverine Jesus Payne, a.k.a. <laughs> Retro Game Bruce, and the man who loves his Warzone mobile because he can play it on the can, the one and only Donnie G. <laughs> There's a guy who, uh, uh, over there! <laughs> <laughs> and credit for tonight's introductions do go to the wonderful people in our patron-only Discord. Oh, you actually asked them for introductions? No, they just put them up there on their own and say, hey, oh, okay. this is how you should introduce <laughs> oh, them okay. this week. And I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. <laughs> 
All right. Well, we have a couple of shout outs to go through before we get started. First off, our good friend Kev Bayless has partnered with David Wise and Grant Kirkhope to release an original Christmas song to benefit Special Effect, the UK-based charity that's leveling the playing field for gamers with physical disabilities around the world. Most retro gamers will recognize this trio, but in case you don't, here's a quick rundown on who these guys are. Kev Bayless is, of course, a longtime game developer who's worked on some of the most iconic franchises in gaming history, including Battletoads, Killer Instinct, Donkey Kong Country, and more. We actually interviewed Kev back in our episode 21, and in case you happen to miss that one, we'll be leaving a link for that show in the show notes. On to David Wise, who is the legendary composer for games like Donkey Kong Country, Battletoads, Ukulele, and dozens more. And Grant Kirkhope is another prolific composer whose work you've heard in games like GoldenEye 007, Banjo-Kazooie, Donkey Kong 64, and many, many more. So the three of them have worked together to release an original song titled A Video Gaming Christmas, and they have given us a little sneak peek to share with you here tonight. I want a video game for Christmas I need a video game for Christmas I won't get no retro Christmas till I do Well, it just ain't like it used to be When I look if you liked what you heard, A Video Gaming Christmas is now available on Spotify and other platforms, and we'll have a link in the show notes for those who'd like to check it out for themselves. And once again, all proceeds from the song go to benefit the Special Effect charity. So we'll also leave a link in the show notes for Special Effect if you'd like to donate to their organization directly. That was pretty awesome. I won't get no retro Christmas till I do. <laughs> 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 I'm expecting that to become a classic every year and mm-hmm. to beat out Mariah Carey's uh, oh. hit song, right? I don't want a lot for Christmas. No, please no. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way she says, no, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> All right, and next, Ryan, Donnie, and I were recently guests on a Gamer Looks at 40 podcast where we did a blind, very dramatic table read of the Link to the Past comic that was published in Nintendo Power back in 1993. And yes, it was just as ridiculous as it sounds. Here is a (laughs) snippet from that episode. It's Aghanim! Princess Zelda... Come back to the castle quietly. Even if you run to the ends of Hyrule, you will not escape me. Ah! Badoom! (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how to do a badoom. No, 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 it's perfect. I'm just saying that writing out badoom. (laughs) (laughs) Big (laughs) badadoom. There it is. (laughs) Princess! It's no use fighting Aghanim with an ordinary sword. Find the Master Sword. Link, it's up to you alone! Zelda! And scene! Scene! <laughs> <Ooh>, boy! <laughs> How done! Good work, everyone. If you need me, thing. I'll be in my trailer. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> well. If you want to check out the full episode, we'll also have a link for that in our show notes. Go ahead and look at the show notes. They're there for your pleasure. Oh, 
Okay, well, this week we're going to do something a little different for our reviews, reactions, and requests segment. Since it is that time of year again, and no, I'm not talking about the holiday season, it's Spotify list season. So we wanted to share our list with you all and give everyone who listens to Gamers Week a sincere thank you. You are the ones who have made these numbers possible. Absolutely. So we've got two categories in which we're going to talk about here today. So for one, it's people's top podcasts. And for 116 fans, we are a top 10 podcast. For 101 fans, we are a top five podcast. And for 50 of you awesome folks, we are your number one podcast for the year. So thank you. That is so, so awesome. We're number one, baby. (laughs) (laughs) We're number one. We're number one. (laughs) And the one that is hugely surprising and super awesome is our podcast is listed in the top 10% of most shared globally on Spotify. That I wasn't expecting to see that, but man, that is such a huge honor for us. And again, that that speaks volumes to what you guys do for, for us to show support is to share our links and let people know. So we really, really, really appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, top 10% in the country, like I'd have been freaking thrilled, but top 10% globally, that's like, did they, did they make a mistake? Is that really (laughs) us? That sounds amazing. They forgot to add a zero. (laughs) They're spreading a little bit of early Christmas cheer. I'll take it. And now it's time for the... Were you speaking into a lawnmower? I I was was. just going to say, it sounds like you're starting a lawnmower and it doesn't want to (laughs) go. This is listed as haunting uh, on Uh, the app. It's it's like whenever you used to talk into a box fan. (laughs) I am your father. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I interrupted. Happy time. (laughs) Shut up, Richard. So as you know, every Monday on Twitter, we post our VIP or very important poll. If you'd like to participate, follow us on Twitter at GamersWeekPC. Now, the question this week was, in honor of the World Cup, what is your favorite retro soccer football for those outside the U.S. uh, and Canada and Australia uh, (laughs) video game? And uh, here are our results. So in third place was FIFA 98 Road to the World Cup, which got 18.9%. Uh, Nintendo World Cup, which got 23.3%, and Sensible Soccer for the Amiga, I believe, got 27.8%. Now, 30% of you said, nah, we don't like those choices. We're going to go with something else. (laughs) So let's take a look at the comments from the poll from Spotty Bullborn. Used to play full tournaments with my brother on the PS1 for the 98 World Cup. Three players with multi-tap. Interesting. I didn't know you could do that. All right, Days of 1989 said FIFA Street. They put an exclamation point. That's why I yelled. (laughs) (laughs) Rural Cloud 84 said Micro Pro Soccer. That one I've never heard of. Me neither. Jones Mayhall said Kick Off on the A500. What's the A500? Careful, you're going to lose your retro card. I know. It's got to be a PC. And finally, from Frunk is Baldwin said, no love for Mega Man Soccer. Anyone? No one? Fine. I'll go with International Superstar Soccer 64. I didn't get a chance to play worldwide soccer for the Saturn, but I've heard good things. So, Donnie, what was your choice for this week's poll? Mine actually came down to two choices. The first one was Nintendo World Cup. 
Of course. You get the combo cart of Super Spike V-Ball, which is a great volleyball game, one of the best ever, and Nintendo World Cup, where you have the same mechanics as Super Spike V-Ball, where I believe you can power up your kicks and knock that ball in someone's face and not send them flying like 10 or 15 feet and easily (laughs) score a goal. Like that was a great gimmick mechanic back in the day. That's why I love Super Spike V-Ball. So it was between Nintendo World Cup and FIFA 93. I am not a big soccer fan. Um, The only one I really played was Nintendo World Cup. And then I tried FIFA 93 and it had this interesting sort of like three quarter, I don't know if I call it isometric view. It looked amazing. It looked very different than all of these soccer games that we were used to, which were very linear, very horizontal. Um, this one had, it took a different approach to it. And it's it's really only one of two soccer games that I actually like. So uh, FIFA Soccer 93 and Nintendo World Cup for me. Nice. Blue, what about you? Like Donnie, I'm not a soccer fan. The only time I've played soccer is like in second grade. And uh, I joined the team almost by the time the season was over. And so I'm in a game and the ball comes at my head and I catch it so it doesn't hit me in the face. And then, of course, (laughs) the ref is blowing the whistle and, oh, you're not supposed to do that. You get the penalty, blah, 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 whatever. So then the next time the ball comes at my face, like I just get out of the way and let the ball and all the other players go by. (laughs) Didn't play much after that and didn't come back the next season. So I don't think soccer was for me. But if I'm going to pick a soccer game, I'm going to pick Mario Strikers on the GameCube, which for purposes of this discussion, I'm alleging that the GameCube is retro. And you can at me on Twitter at WriterZoo if you disagree. Don't really care. <laughs> boo, boo. <laughs> Mario Strikers was yes. part of a trio of sports games, Mario sports games on the GameCube that we played a ton of, the others being Mario Superstar Baseball and Mario Golf Toadstool Tour. Say that three times fast. Toadstool Tour. Toadstool Tour. Even after the second one, I was done. Yeah. Toadstool Tour. Toadstool Tour. Toadstool Tour. 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 Moich. You know, overall, sports games are not my thing unless they're Mario sports games. And then I play a lot of them. So I'm not sure any other soccer title really had a chance besides Mario Strikers. Fair enough. Ryan, what was your choice? I actually kind of like soccer games. FIFA 98 Road to the World Cup was a game that we played a lot back in the day. And then, of course, it starts off with the, the blur song where it's like, Woohoo! Oh, God. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Man, the radio loved that song. <laughs> yes, they did. But it was a great way to start off that that, that game itself. It could put you in the, in the right mood because it was like the, the drum beats at the beginning. So I did like that game a lot. I also have been a big fan of Switch Sports Soccer. That's been a lot of fun. I don't like the golden ball where if you get up by two points, the other team gets a golden all and can score two points with that ball, which sucks. Ooh, <laughs> I didn't know about that. Yeah. You know, so if you're doing really good and then, you know, you have somebody who's picking their nose on defense, lets one in, then you're tied. But uh, the one that sticks out most to me is Nintendo World Cup, but not for the NES, Nintendo World Cup for the Game Boy. I played oh. the ever-loving you-know-what out of that game back in the day. That was one of those favorites uh, that I would play in the car on road trips and all that stuff. I found out that Cameroon was a country by playing that game. Okay. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's the first team that you play against, but it's in that uh, Kunio Kun style, which of course you know you you got dodgeball, which was a part of that, but also River City Ransom. So it's the same art style that was developed by I think it's Technos in Japan. Uh, so to your point, Donnie, one of the cool things was that you could charge up your shot and then it would hit somebody and then they would get those bug eyes that, yeah. that they get. Right? Like, <laughs> you know? uh, so I just had so much fun with that game and I, I've beaten that game countless times because I just played it so much. So uh, I'm going to go with that one. Music was great. Uh, of course, it's on the Game Boy. So obviously, color wasn't a thing, but uh, you don't really need that in soccer. <laughs> so. <laughs> Do you need any colors besides green? No, and that's perfect because the pitch is supposed to be green. There so. you go. Yep. All right, let's move on to our patron shout outs. We couldn't do what we do without the help of our gorgeous patrons. Here are the generous folks supporting Gamers Week on Patreon. The Redox PDX family, including Shannon and Luke, Zach Huge Thanks, Rerun Gamer, Number One Blue Sick Voice Fan, Random Retro Dude, Princess Kitty Mew Mew, Rai Rai's Secret Best Friend, Mega Retro Man, Gamatroid, Emo-esque, Bill Tucker, Rye Bread's number one fan, Fruitcake's number one stan, Ducks with Thick Thighs, The Wizard of Zardoz, Clayman71, Great Siaman81, BNT Zilligai, Geek With That, Crunchy Kong, Sheriff Snacks, Frank Grande, JNL Game, Love Retro BTW, Steven Sand, Ramboski, Terry Kinnair, Ducks in Disguise, Jim and Colleen, Games with Coffee, and Davey PGH. If you like what you hear today, and we really hope you do, please consider joining us on Patreon. Your support helps cover the cost of producing the show, as well as other cool stuff we'll be doing like prizes and giveaways. You'll also gain access to our weekly patron-only bonus cast called Gamers Week Uncut, Patrons with Benefits. Visit patreon.com slash gamersweek, or follow the link in the show notes to learn more. And a big shout out to Davey PGH. He's feeling a little bit under the weather here, so we hope that he uh, gets better soon and gets a chance to sleep in his own bed. (laughs) (laughs) And not ostracized. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Hope you finally got that beer, though, the other night there, Davey. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's move on to our headline segment, which is, of course, proudly sponsored by the Retro Game Club podcast. It's a fantastic, family-friendly retro gaming podcast. In each episode, Rob and Hugh pick two games to play and discuss, as well as news, interviews, and other topics. Right now, they're playing through Strider on the NES and Donkey Kong Land. Visit them at RetroGameClub.net or follow the link in the show notes. So it's not Strider for the Genesis, Donnie, so you don't have to get mad <laughs> <laughs> it's a completely different game for strider on the oh NES. it is 100 yeah so uh but have you guys played donkey kong land on the game boy i think i have it actually it's basically it's donkey kong country right for the game boy i think so but i have not actually played all the way through it so i'm i don't know if there's any differences i have it on the virtual console and just haven't gotten around to it yet to be honest i don't know if there is differences between the two but they did a really good job, I think, making Donkey Kong look like he does in Donkey Kong Country. Kind of the best that they could mm-hmm. do on the Game Boy. So mm-hmm. kudos to them. Man, if it's really a, a one-to-one port, that's pretty damn impressive for a Game Boy. Right. Yeah, I agree. For sure. All right. First up from IGN, the Elder Scrolls Six, all but confirmed to be an Xbox exclusive. 
Head of Xbox, Phil Spencer, has all but confirmed that Elder Scrolls 6 will be an Xbox exclusive. In an interview with British GQ, Spencer said that he sees the sequel to Skyrim as a similar case to fellow Bethesda title Starfield, which was confirmed for the Xbox Series X and S and PC earlier this year. It's not about punishing other platforms. Like, I fundamentally believe all the platforms can continue to grow, Spencer told GQ. But in order to be on Xbox, I want us to be able to bring the full complete package of what we have. And that would be true when I talk about Elder Scrolls 6. That would be true when I think about any of our other franchises. Ever since Xbox bought Bethesda parent company ZeniMax Media, the Elder Scrolls 6's position as a possible exclusive has been a topic of debate. Is arguably Bethesda's biggest franchise, there's been much made of whether Xbox would help or hinder itself by allowing the next Elder Scrolls game to be released on competing platforms. Microsoft has previously said that Bethesda games would be released first or better or best on Xbox. But Bethesda's Todd Howard said that it would be hard to imagine that Elder Scrolls 6 is an Xbox exclusive. Now it seems as though the pendulum has swung the other way, with Spencer sounding far more bullish about the eagerly anticipated RPG staying on Microsoft-controlled platforms. I love this. This is the true colors coming out. It's not a surprise to anyone that Elder Scrolls 6 would be, if nothing else, it would be a timed exclusive. Everybody is, right, has been right. seeing that coming forever. But after all of Phil Spencer's waxing poetic about how people should be able to play games wherever, regardless of the console that they own, it's nice to hear them finally say, nah, we want this. As an <laughs> this we were is just our, kidding. Yeah, we're just kidding about all that. This is our, our biggest title that we have coming up, and uh, we're going to keep it. It's some of the comments that he's made, like his sentences, let's go back to, but in order to be on Xbox, I want us to be able to bring the full complete package of what we have. What, what does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> that is some just industry jargon, actually not even that. It's just like some, oh, you know, you got to put the flange in the gasket and then, you know, you rub it up and there you go. That's, that's how it goes. I, I feel stupid for reading that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what he's talking about. I think that's done on purpose, though. He's purposely using vague terminology and vague language so that when people go back and try to call him out on something and be like, ah, that's not what I said. Right. Exactly. You're taking it out of context. Right. Well, exactly. You know, for the full context of it, we would have to read the entire interview. Maybe it makes sense within the entire interview. Right. We've only got this little soundbite. But I agree. I it's a weird quote to feature in this article because on standing alone, it makes no sense. I am not sure what IGN was thinking there. And it's not about punishing other platforms tells me that he recognizes that this is how that looks at face value is that he's trying to make Xbox a much more desirable console, trying to gain some additional customers. And why wouldn't you? It's smart. It's smart. Totally. I I get the the desire to to be exclusives, but all of the things that they've been doing in regards to the lawsuit that they've been having with Sony to say, Mm -hmm. you know, oh, we don't do that. I swear. Yeah. (laughs) We're only going to do that in the future, though. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you're right. Punishing is a a weird word to use right there because it implies that there's some sort of emotion in there. Like you don't get dessert after your dinner because you're being punished for something you did earlier in the day. Like, (laughs) It's a business decision. There's no emotion involved. Just nope. say it like it is. <laughs> but the console fanboys, they get very emotional about their chosen box. And so maybe he's Katie. just saying, 
<laughs> maybe he's just saying, you know, Sony ponies, relax. We're not out to punish you. <laughs> this is why Xbox is superior places. Because you're going to have Elder Scrolls 6 exclusively on it. <laughs> just imagining Phil Spencer's got like a dartboard in his office with just the, the word Sony pony. And he just throws darts at it. <laughs> Sony <all> pony. <laughs> day long. <laughs> Yeah, I really hit that Sony pony right square between the eyes. <laughs> Pin the tail on the Sony pony. <laughs> I uh, I actually had an opportunity to buy an Xbox Series X for myself today. I saw one at Target, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know what? No, no, sir, I don't like it. Because <laughs> if if all of these games that they're making, and this is touching on something we previously discussed. In another episode mm-hmm. where their games they're making are meant to run on the Xbox Series S. And that thing's a piece of crap. Yeah. You're not wrong. So I don't know when the release date is for Elder Scrolls 6. Not for Does anybody- probably a couple years. Okay. So a couple years it comes out. By that time, they phased out the Xbox Series S, right? Think so? I would imagine so. I'd, I actually agree because just because of the, the blowback from developers and fans... You completely get rid of the Xbox Series S and you just make it for the X, which, you know, by that time, it, it, the X will be out for like five years, I think. And I wouldn't think that you would make it for a, 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 an inferior console. I mean, you have to, though. If you've do got you? The base. You do. Unless, unless they come out with something specific to say, this is an Xbox X only exclusive. Right. Which you, you're going to piss off a lot of people by doing that, though true but then again that's microsoft's bad for making two separate consoles it is i don't see them phasing out the s because i think there are too many s owners out there that would be like (laughs) what the hell i have one word for you sega (laughs) (laughs) you've got what uh 31 days until (laughs) you are correct you are correct and i'm still i'm hoping man i'm hoping i'm like the guy at the track who's just spent his last dollar hoping that that sluggy old horse can (laughs) come back he's he's 20 furlongs behind but man he's gonna do it come on cicadas come on (laughs) all right next up from the verge sonic creator yuji naka arrested in insider training scandal Yuji Naka, the famed co-creator of Sonic the Hedgehog, has reportedly been arrested in Japan in connection with an insider trading case involving former Square Enix employees. The scandal centers around former Square Enix employee Taisuke Sasaki, who obtained information that the Dragon Quest Tact mobile game was being jointly created by game developers Square Enix and Aiming. Sasaki and another ex-Square Enix employee, Fumiaki Suzuki, allegedly purchased 162,000 shares in aiming between December 2019 and February 2020 for approximately 47.2 million yen, around $336,760 US, prior to the project's public announcement on February 5th, 2020. Naka was allegedly aware of the aiming deal and bought 10,000 shares for about 2.8 million yen, around $20,000, before it was publicly announced. Naka worked with Square Enix on the Balin Wonderworld game between 2018 and 2021. All three men have now been arrested on insider trading charges. We have been fully cooperating with requests from the Securities and Exchange Surveillance Commission, said Square Enix in an official statement following the arrests. We deeply regret the great concern that this has caused to all concerned. What? 
<laughs> that's a that's got to be a translation. Translation, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, uh, we have dealt with this incident strictly, including internal disciplinary actions taken against the suspected employees. How the mighty have fallen! Right. It was bad enough to see Yuji Naka's game, Balan Wonderworld, be so bad. <laughs> like, that was bad enough. And then he went on the warpath against Square Enix, saying that it was all their fault, that they rushed him, that they cut stuff, that, that Square Enix doesn't actually care about games. And I, anecdotally, I think that it seemed like most people sided with him right. over Square Enix, just public sentiment on the issue. Mm-hmm. But then something like this is like, uh, maybe Yuji's love of making games wasn't quite as pure as he said it was. Oh, you can only ride on Sonic's coattails for so long. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Too soon? I, mean, I think he just pissed off a lot of <laughs> Naka fans. <laughs> he worked on a lot of games that were beautiful, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> Do you think Square Enix maybe made a call? They're like, hey, this guy's been... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's been a pain in the ass. Maybe we can uh, have him taken care of. (laughs) Just curious what the the charge is for $20,000 worth of shares for Naka. Is this going to be like a Martha Stewart thing where he actually has to go to prison? I don't know. I mean, I don't know how they do things over in Japan. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they run a pretty tight ship over there. It's not like in the U.S. where it's like, oh, yeah, inside of trading. I mean, come on. It's just like, it was nothing. <laughs> Slap on the wrist. You're right, man. It was right. nothing. Everybody does a little insider trading now and then. Right. It is interesting, though, that it was prompted by the Dragon Quest Tact mobile game. Like they said, hey, there's a Dragon Quest mobile game coming out. We need to get in on this. Get all those shares because we're going to be freaking rich from a mobile game. God. Well, I mean, look at how much money the mobile games bring in. So I know. I'm just saying. If I could figure out what the next big mobile game is, I think I would invest in that company pretty heavily. But it wouldn't be illegal. <laughs> Depending on how you found out, it wouldn't right. be illegal. <laughs> so, if you get arrested for insider trading, do we read the article about you on Gamers Week podcast? Sure. Just let people know um, there will be a uh, temporary uh, stand in for three <laughs> to five years, uh, probably not even that long. I'd say three to five months. With good behavior, of course. Right. Although, right. As though long- our show must be a pretty big deal if Donnie's actually getting an article. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know whether to take offense to that or not. <laughs> I just, you know what? We could still do the show. You could do it from inside the prison, but we'd have to start off every episode with incoming collect call from prisoner. Donnie <laughs> <laughs> <Daddy> G Retro. <laughs> like, Donnie, the sound in whatever room you're in, it's terrible. It's so cold and echoey. I can hear all these people yelling in the background. <laughs> hey, fish, where's my fruit cocktail? <laughs> <laughs> all right, next up from Eurogamer China says it has solved youth game addiction. 
The issue of young people growing addicted to video games has been solved, China says. The country's top industry body made the announcement following the introduction of a draconian set of rules, which restricted anyone in the country under the age of 18 from playing video games longer than three hours in any typical week. This crackdown has achieved remarkable results, the China Game Industry Group Committee data provider CNG said, with more than 75% of all under 18s now claimed to be following the rules. The announcement is likely to be welcomed by China's gaming sector, as it may suggest there are no current plans for further crackdowns on young people playing games. 25% of China's population aged under 18 evading the rules to play games longer than their government's limits is still a lot of people. And in August, it was reported that 46% were playing less than three hours, but outside of the agreed hours. China's current weekly gaming limit was announced in August last year as the latest in a line of increasingly restrictive curbs deemed necessary to combat the, quote, spiritual opium of video game addiction. Under-18s are required to limit their gaming to just an hour per day and only on Fridays, weekends, and public holidays. Enforcement of these regulations was left to gaming companies, which track the online activity of children using real-name identification backed up by a police database. That is some freaky crap right there. Oh, yeah. Um, I was like, what are you in for? Uh, I was playing video games on a Thursday. (laughs) (laughs) Like, ah, man, that, that's... There's like, a lot to unpack here. Yes, there is. <laughs> With, of course, trying to tread carefully on cultural differences. True. For a country none of us have ever been to. But looking from the outside, it seems like of all the problems that young people encounter in growing up, are video games really that big of a deal that you need to invoke a police database to track them? Well, I don't know what's going on in China as to why they need or why they feel they need to enforce this. But my concern is the fact that you're tracking the online activity of children using real right. name identification. Yep. And honestly, that's that's kind of the case for China in general is that yeah. they live under those types of conditions, as, so, as I understand. According to ChinaBriefing.com. The National Press and Publication Administration claims the video game ban intends to protect children's mental and physical health. The Chinese government have been concerned about eye problems among young gamers for a while now. Ah. Eye problems. Gaming addiction is also a troubling issue for China, with more than 30% of Chinese children suffering with it in 2018. The new rules in China also require all online games to link with a state anti-addiction system. Okay. 30% of Chinese children suffering with it in 2018. I wonder what are the standards for being diagnosed with video game addiction? Exactly. And chances are it's probably, if it's either self-reported or it's something where they've been tracking someone's online activity and saying, oh, you know what? You probably are addicted to games. You play 20 hours a week. Right. So I did some quick numbers too, by the way. So. The population of China in 2020 uh, was about 23% people 19 and under, which is rough order of magnitude, about 400 million people. So 100 million people, like a third of the population of the US in total, are not following this 70 or the rules for this under 18 gaming. 100 million people. Well, and really, that was my biggest thing about it is... What do you do when you're a teenager? 
As soon as somebody makes something off limits, you want nothing more than to have that thing or to do that thing. Right, right. Yep. And the more restricted it is, the more you want it. It doesn't matter what it is. This is either some sort of brilliant reverse psychology to get kids to focus on something that at the end of the day is really pretty harmless playing video games as opposed to other typical teenage risks that can happen like drinking and drugs and and like risky sexual behavior that kind of stuff mm-hmm. get them focused on no we want our video games you can't keep <laughs> our video games from us and maybe they forget about everything else but if it's truly a, a problem in the country video gaming addiction is truly a problem in the country by restricting it from children and just saying we're going to solve gaming addiction which is how they say it we're going to solve video game addiction by restricting access in children rather Mm -hmm. than teaching people how to make it a healthy part of a balanced life. Right. 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 As soon as they turn 18, you haven't solved the problem because they're going to go right back to it. Mm -hmm. This just seems like you're trying to put a square peg in a round hole and thinking it's going to solve the problem. You're, you're treating a symptom, not the core of it. So what's the, what's the thing that we've learned in this article? Just play retro games. (laughs) (laughs) well done well done (laughs) play retro games on original hardware nobody's tracking you yep can't be tracked i like it all right next up from bgc plans to release a game console for dogs revealed i i didn't didn't say that incorrectly. It is dogs. <laughs> yeah. In China, they're using police databases to make sure kids don't play games. And in the rest of the world, we buy consoles for our dogs. <laughs> so plans to release a console tailored for dogs has been detailed by a startup called Joypaw. The company is the brainchild of friends and co-founders, Dersim Advar and Marco Jenny who describe themselves as animal lovers, gamers, and scientists. The Joypaw console lets dogs play games designed to provide both physical and mental stimulation for man's best friend. While it was initially conceived as a means of alleviating boredom and separation anxiety for co-founder's puppy, when its home was home alone, Joypaw claims the console has the potential to offer cognitive benefit for dogs too, and could even be used to help delay the onset of canine dementia. Dogs use their nose to play on the console's touchscreen and are rewarded for correct choices via an integrated treat dispenser. Joypaw games include a whack-a-mole challenge and a test to see if dogs can pick which side of an image contains more bubbles. Advar also wants to make a game which sees dogs and human players compete against each other to avoid hedgehog spikes. A Joypaw launch window hasn't been confirmed, but its makers say players can put down a fully refundable deposit around six dollars which will be which will entitle them to a five percent discount of a final purchase price i have a what? lot of thoughts on this <laughs> right i have so many thoughts on this i i i don't i don't get this i you're going to have to spend a ridiculous amount of time trying to train your dog to mm-hmm. play the console well, and here's the thing. Dogs being able to play this console, it's based on visual, their visual sense, their eyes. Right. I was thinking the same thing. Dogs don't interact with the world primarily through their eyes. They interact right. primarily through their nose. So 
Ideally, if you're looking for enrichment activities for dogs that are left home alone all day long, they should be activities that help the dogs engage with the world in a way that is natural to them, not forcing them to ignore their greatest sense for a secondary one. Mm -hmm. I mean, dogs that rely too heavily on their eyes at the expense of their nose, they become neurotic. Like they have all kinds of problems. That's why you shouldn't really play with like a laser pointer with your dog. So I think of all the dogs I've owned, None of them would have been interested in this thing. It would have been a meaningless piece of plastic. They would have just completely ignored it. And the one dog that would not have completely ignored it would have realized that the treats come from a little box on the plastic thing. (laughs) So he would have just broken it open. He's not going to play the console's (laughs) games to be rewarded for a good boy. He would just take what he wanted. But if you're truly concerned about the mental well-being of your dog... Don't do something like this. Don't buy this dumb thing. Take your dog outside. Spend time with it. Do things together. Go for long walks. Go for bike rides. You know, do obedience training. Do hunting training. Do scent tracking. Do all kinds of things that dogs want to do out in the world. Not sit at home and play a video game with you. Is this going to be for the top 1% of people in the world that can afford to do this? Like, oh, here's Fluffy, Fluffy, here you go. Here's your video game system. I got you this for Christmas. And <laughs> oh yes, you'll, you'll learn to use it and all of this. So it's, it's top of the line, really spared no expense. <laughs> use all that money to hire a dog walker. <laughs> for sake. The deposit of $6 for a 5% discount, it's more or less going to be, a, it sounds like from, from what I'm gathering here, it's going to be a $100 console. Yeah. Which, at that price point, I know a lot of people who are going to buy one. Because <laughs> they're like, yeah, hey, you know what? I I have this responsibility. I am taking care of this life. But do I really want to do all that? Yeah, oh, do I want to walk it every day? Oh, my oh, God. Not God. like you got a dog to spend time with it. I mean, <laughs> right. we just lock it in the backyard. But hey, we'll give it a video game console to keep it company rather than spend time with it. This is the dumbest thing I've heard all week. (laughs) (laughs) And you would figure somebody who's a dog owner who's big into video games would be like, yes, this is great. But if you don't know better on paper, it sounds great. You're right. Peel back the layers just a little bit. (laughs) Nah, please don't buy this. Nobody buy this. All right, let's move on to our top three new releases of the week. Soccer story or football story. How appropriate. (laughs) PS5, Xbox Series XS, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. The world might as well be over. Soccer Inc. has closed down every local stadium team and tournament. What kind of world can survive without the beautiful game? Thankfully, a magical soccer ball has chosen you, our savior of soccer. Soccer Story is a physics-driven adventure RPG where every problem can be solved with your trusty magic ball. Gabe. <laughs> Along the way, you'll need to best bad guys in 1v1s, compete in a range of different sports with your soccer ball, of course, and sometimes use your brain just as much as your balls. I did not write that. <laughs> well done. Well done. <laughs> Marvel's Midnight Suns, PS5, Xbox Series XS, and PC. Marvel's Midnight Suns is the ultimate crossover event combining the rich story, character relationships, customization, and progression of an RPG with the tactical strategy and combat mechanics of a revolutionary new card-based tactics game. Set in the darker side of the Marvel Universe, you will forge unbreakable bonds with legendary Marvel superheroes and dangerous supernatural warriors in the fight against the world's greatest threat yet. The Callisto Protocol 
PS5, Xbox Series XS, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. In this narrative-driven, third-person survival horror game set 300 years in the future, the player will take on the role of Jacob Lee, a victim of fate thrown into Black Iron Prison, a maximum security penitentiary located on Jupiter's moon, Callisto. When inmates begin to transform into monstrous creatures, the prison is thrown into chaos. To survive, Jacob must battle his way to safety to escape Black Iron Prison, while uncovering the dark and disturbing secrets buried beneath the surface of Callisto. Using a unique blend of shooting and close quarters combat, Jacob will need to adapt his tactics to combat the rapidly evolving creatures while scavenging to unlock new weapons, gear, and abilities to outrun the growing threat and escape the horrors of Jupiter's dead moon. Based on these wonderful descriptions, Blue, what's your choice for this week? Well, as I said earlier, I don't really care for soccer games, but a game where you have to use your brain just as much as your balls. (laughs) 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 I got to give him props for making that joke. Right. Really, I'm in for the Callisto Protocol, though. This is a game that I've been looking forward to for a long time. Third-person horror games, as I've said before, are hard to come by. So when I find one, I want to play it. And the footage that I've seen from this makes it look pretty terrifying. It's kind of reminiscent of something like Dead Space, but that's okay. Scary alien, horrible monsters in space. I think that's almost always a good time. So I Mm -hmm. am all the way in for Callisto Protocol. Ryan, what about you? I'm also in for Callisto Protocol. I think when you look at the other games like Soccer Story, that sounds the la- like the last thing I want to touch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did I read that right with Marvel Midnight Suns? It's a card-based game. Yep, yeah, card-based tactics game. That's a tough sell. And uh, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Callisto Protocol looks really cool. Uh, third-person survival game on the moon of Jupiter. To me, the visuals of it are also gorgeous from what I can see. And uh, the the whole like penitentiary located on Jupiter's moon, that vibe I think is kind of cool too. I'm, I'm a big fan of astronomy, so uh, I think it would be a unique experience to kind of explore that, that world. So yeah, Callisto Protocol for sure. What about you, Donnie? I think it's a clean sweep this week. Um, soccer story, no, no thank you. I've seen some of the visuals for it and it just... it. It looks very rudimentary, and now I'll, I'll keep my soccer love for uh, Nintendo World Cup. Marvel's Midnight Suns, whenever I first started reading the description, I almost thought it was going to be maybe an Ultimate Alliance remake or a, a new new venture into that, uh, that particular franchise. But seeing that it's an RPG with card-based, you instantly lost me. The Callisto Protocol, based on the description, based on the screenshots that I'm seeing. Uh, Like Blue said, it's a horror game, third-person horror games. I really love those. The only problem with it is that it's like kind of space and sci-fi driven, which aren't really my jams, but (laughs) it looks looks creepy as hell. So I'm going to give this one a try. All right, let's move on to our main topic for the week. The feud between Sony and Microsoft surrounding the Xbox maker's attempted acquisition of Activision Blizzard has continued to heat up. So for our main topic tonight, we're going to be looking at a roundup of Sony versus Microsoft headlines. First up from Nintendo Life, Sony alleges that Microsoft is trying to turn it into Nintendo. 
The ongoing drama surrounding Microsoft's planned acquisition of Activision Blizzard continues to surge. In a recently published document, Sony Interactive Entertainment put across a series of observations to potentially assist in its efforts to block the deal between Microsoft and Activision Blizzard from going through. In a couple of choice paragraphs, Sony effectively states that Microsoft is trying to turn it into Nintendo, arguing that the latter has proved successful without the likes of Call of Duty. The statement reads, Microsoft claims that Nintendo's differentiated model demonstrates that Sony does not need Call of Duty to compete effectively, but this reveals Microsoft's true strategy. Microsoft wants PlayStation to become like Nintendo so that it would be a less close and less effective competitor to Xbox. Post-transaction, Xbox would become the one-stop shop for all the best-selling shooter franchises on console, Call of Duty, Halo, Gears of War, Doom, Overwatch, etc. As the the decision explains, and it would then be free from serious competitive pressure. Every Nintendo fanboy went, what's wrong with being Nintendo? <laughs> I know. I'm, I don't think there's anything wrong with it all. You've got a super profitable company over there playing its own games, has more first party exclusive IPs than, than any of the others. So it doesn't seem like a bad place to be. It's just an odd way to, to complain that we don't want to be like Nintendo. Saying that really puts a... How would I put it? It's like a being castrated connotation, kind right, of. Right, right. Like, are you <laughs> going to cut my balls off? Come on. Yeah, we're not going to be a real <laughs> console anymore. We're just going to be like a fake kitty console. I, I don't get where Microsoft is coming from. I think what they're saying is that Sony can still survive because Nintendo does. <sighs> Okay. Right. Sony's complaining that Microsoft wants to take away its ability to have grown-up games, which apparently the only grown-up games that matter are shooters. Right. (laughs) Their whole argument on this, and the more that Sony argues against this, just basically throwing a fit that they won't have shooters when they refuse to go make their own, the more I want this deal to go through. (laughs) Because I'm so annoyed at this one argument that they keep making. I don't know if they can. I don't think PlayStation can do it. So this is what I fear. Like they know they can't. I don't think there is enough money for them to go out and try and fail miserably. So they don't want this to go through so as not to lose a whole bunch of subscribers or players. But now is the time in which you would start investing in and creating and developing those things. So by dragging your feet to complain about Microsoft's deal, they're actually putting themselves in a hole where they could potentially, if because as I understood, right, it's the license uh, expires in a few years and then it would be given three extra years with Call of Duty before that because Microsoft is yes. being so benevolent. Uh, right. Although the latest news is that Microsoft is having to make concessions for the EU investigation to avoid claims of monopoly. And so they've extended that to 10 years. So again, you've got plenty of time for you to come up with something. Exactly. So all the time and money and effort you're putting into this extended tantrum that you're having over not having Call of Duty anymore on a console could be used better elsewhere. And also... For us non-shooter players, I would like to point out that the entire gaming industry does not revolve around this one genre. Absolutely. 100%. No, it does not. Plenty of other types of games and plenty of other types of gamers. But it's a good chunk. <laughs> it is a good chunk. But seriously, it's starting to feel like you don't care about the rest of us. Me? No, I mean, <laughs> feeling like Sony doesn't care about the rest right, of us. Right, like right, If we right. don't play shooters, apparently we don't matter to Sony. Right. Or like that one kid in the family that 
you know, all the other kids get to play sports and they go to the thing, but you're not into sports. So you got to stay home and draw. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, dad, look what I draw. Yeah, whatever, whatever. I'm watching my, yeah. my, the other kid play basketball. <laughs> yeah. Timmy just won a state championship. What do you do? You got a stick figure over there? Yeah. <laughs> get out of here. Go give it to your mother. She'll put it on the fridge. <laughs> All right, next up from IGN, Sony claims Xbox Game Pass has reached 29 million subscribers. As Microsoft seeks to finalize its acquisition of Activision Blizzard, the UK government is moving forward with its investigation into the deal in a statement highlighting concerns over industry competition. Sony published its own observations regarding the deal. Sony claims Game Pass leads PlayStation Plus significantly. Microsoft already has a substantial lead in multi-game subscription services. Game Pass has reached 29 million subscribers to Xbox Game Pass console and Xbox Game Pass Ultimate and is expected to grow substantially in the future. The multi-game subscription tiers of PlayStation Plus considerably lag with fewer than redacted the number of subscribers. <laughs> so PlayStation just wants to say that they're lagging, but they don't want to say exactly how much they're <laughs> <Right>. lagging. <laughs> we only got 28 million. Me. <laughs> <laughs> 29 million Game Pass subscribers are higher than Microsoft's last update earlier this year of 25 million subscribers. Sony's response notes several points from the CMA's original statement includes worries that Activision's content will be limited to Game Pass only, a situation that would not have happened had Microsoft not pursued its acquisition. In October, Microsoft responded to the UK agency's criticism, claiming it has a number of significant disadvantages compared to competitors like Sony. This is kind of funny that this is popping up because this week or is either late last week, I glanced at an article that said that uh, the Xbox had failed to reach its uh, Game Pass goals. Yeah, we talked about that a couple episodes ago where right. where Microsoft was claiming that it hadn't reached its Game Pass growth goals and Game Pass was responsible for, I think, 15% of their income. Yeah, it sounds about right. So now I guess you're wondering which of these claims is true. And in this article, it seems that they're only arguing over 4 million subscribers, which doesn't really seem worth it. Mm -mm. But (laughs) considering that Microsoft's strategy for all of this has been to purposefully make themselves look much smaller, much less successful, and to continue to pump up Sony's dominant position in the market. Can you really trust them when they say that Game Pass isn't doing as well? You're not wrong. Or is this Sony continuing to throw a tantrum? It's probably both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you're not wrong. I think that this has been a concerted PR move for Microsoft trying to make themselves look like the uh, redheaded stepchild uh, between these two. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean that in that way. It's a term people use. Right. It's just that gif where the like the arrow goes and like thunk in the yep. smiling stick figure. It's fine. I wasn't pointing at you. Oh, the bow was pulled back and pointed directly at her back. I, yeah, I didn't mean it like that, though. It's fine. No, I totally forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> I don't get the thing here. Sony, well, Sony claims the Xbox Game Pass has 29 million subscribers. So what are you trying? Well, we don't have that many. Because, so we cut, we need everything that we can get to get people to play on our console. Yeah, basically, because their subscription service is better, arguably, like 
I mean, not maybe not even arguably, it just flat out is better. Game Pass yeah, is right. better than than PlayStation Plus. So they have more subscribers. Well, of course they do because they did a better job. So you're you're right. essentially asking for these individual governments to give you subsidies to help prop up your inferior subscription service. Sorry, do better. Yeah. This is this is the get good scrub moment. You're you're going to have to follow what Microsoft is doing if you want to be a player in the quote unquote Game Pass era. Follow the trend of what's happening and and get on that train. And like the difference of four million in a court is gonna be like, oh well, if you only got twenty-five million, you're totally fine. But twenty-nine million, well, whoo, right. whoo, yeah. not the breaks here. <laughs> Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows that anything over 28 million is a monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the amount of petty nitpicking that this has come down to is just kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it is. It truly is. Past always repeats itself. The 90s console wars now kind of seem so nostalgic and lighthearted. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I wonder if it, I mean, obviously they're doing it with the UK. I wonder if the uh, US government is going to do the same thing where they have hearings about uh, the two different consoles trying to get them to to play nice again. I would like to sit in on those hearings. Would oh, you? yeah, right? I bet they're super boring. Yeah, oh, yeah, I know. I'd be falling asleep and farting all the time, but you know, <laughs> at least I could say I was there. Have a glass of milk first. <laughs> oh, or a nice thick milkshake. Uh, uh, like, <laughs> it burns. The hearings were suspended today due to <laughs> uh, smell. an unidentified man in the back row who kept farting. <laughs> you are in contempt, sir. He escaped to the premises before security could have him removed. However, not before flooding the courtroom <laughs> with a foul, <laughs> gaseous odor. <laughs> And then it really does come true. Collect call from prisoner. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next up from Eurogamer, Microsoft admits many PlayStation exclusives better quality than those on Xbox. Microsoft has admitted that Sony has more exclusive games that are better quality than its own. The statement comes in documents pertaining to Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard, which have just been released. In addition to being the dominant console provider, Sony is also a powerful game publisher, reads the response from Microsoft. Sony is roughly equivalent in size to Activision and nearly double the size of Microsoft's game publishing business. Sony's exclusive first-party franchises, including God of War, The Last of Us, and the recently acquired Destiny 2, are described as iconic. There were over 280 exclusive first- and third-party titles on PlayStation in 2021, nearly five times as many as on Xbox, reads the document. Later in the document, to prove the merger would have no anti-competitive effect, Microsoft states, Sony has more exclusive games than Microsoft, many of which are better quality. Both Sony's and Nintendo's exclusive first-party games rank among the best-selling in Europe and worldwide. It also suggests that Sony has entered into arrangements with third-party publishers which require the exclusion of Xbox from the set of platforms these publishers can distribute their games on. This includes Final Fantasy VII Remake, Bloodborne, Final Fantasy XVI, and the Silent Hill 2 Remake as examples. It is implausible that Sony, the leading console with a more than 2-to-1 lead, would be foreclosed as a result of not having access to a single franchise, referring specifically to Call of Duty. 
this just reminds me of like a like a husband having a conversation with his wife about you know their friends couple that they they hang out with me like man she's really hot but you know you're 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 good looking too (laughs) jesus (laughs) (laughs) i hope no husband is stupid enough to engage in that conversation but it just seems a little strange that they would be like our our games are kind of but uh yeah the reason that we we need this is because uh obviously call or uh sony just has such gorgeous games high quality (laughs) Just like our patrons. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> our patrons are the Sony <laughs> exclusives. Sony. <laughs> and everybody else who's not a patron, you're Microsoft. <laughs> but that's a pretty bold statement from Microsoft. I mean, really, what does that say? Well, I, I mean, considering the first topic that we talked about, that Elder Scrolls Six is probably going to be an Xbox exclusive, yet here mm-hmm. they're being, well, Sony... Tells its third-party publishers not to publish on Xbox. That's that's not fair. Each of them counts on exclusives for the individual platforms, while at the same time saying the other shouldn't be allowed to do the same. Right, but I think what they're they're suggesting here is that the games that come out on Sony's console are more immersive, probably better quality looking, and that they they suffer from really ugly. Poorly put together games. And there's no reason that anybody should buy an Xbox because of that. <laughs> That's what I'm taking away from this whole thing. <laughs> Congratulations. You played yourself. <laughs> right? Um, paging Sega. Paging Sega. Please swoop in and buy Microsoft or buy the Xbox whole thing from them. Please. Just You got 31 days to make it happen. <laughs> All things considered, though, despite the claim that they're better quality stuff and that, you know. X, Y, and Z. The last part about this, though, saying that they're in the lead by more than two to one and that they would not foreclose as a result of not having a single franchise. I do agree with that statement. I don't think that Sony would lose everything that they have and everything that they've developed because they can't bring Call of Duty. Right. And of course, Modern Warfare 2 was the fastest game in the franchise to break a billion dollars. So it's significant. And Mm -hmm. You know, has Sony sweating that it would miss out on that money. But yeah, still, I just this whole thing of when well, they they want to make something exclusive. It's like two children going, no, uh huh, no, uh huh. And <laughs> you just kind of want to knock both their heads together and send them to their room. I'm looking for uh, forward to so like. When we first started the podcast, it was like, I can't wait till we can stop talking about NFTs. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now it's like, oh my God, I cannot wait till we can stop talking about friggin' Microsoft and Sony and Activision Blizzard. <laughs> All right. Before we move forward, let's go ahead and talk about on last episode, episode number 48, we announced that we were doing a giveaway for a sealed copy of Xenoblade Chronicles 3. For the Nintendo Switch, and uh, the entries are in, and almost 50 of you entered into the contest, so we really, really do appreciate all of your support, but as you can imagine, there is only one winner. So that big winner is... 
SNES is live. Congratulations, SNES. We're going to be reaching out to you here shortly via DM uh, to get all of your details and send this out as soon as possible. So congratulations to you. But also a big thank you to everybody who did enter into the contest. We really do appreciate your support. And if you are a regular of Gamers Week, you probably already know this, but we do a contest and giveaway every single month. So if you like free stuff, uh, definitely stick around and uh, you'll hear all about it right here on Gamers Week. All right, before we move on, let's take a quick break to talk about our sponsor. This segment is proudly sponsored by the Leadist Podcast. It's a show where three friends and occasional guests play games about video games, including trivia, game show games, and more. Here is this week's trivia question. In 2017, an engineering student entered the Guinness World Record books for creating the largest fully functional Game Boy. But that wasn't the first time the Game Boy set records. Back in 1999, a Game Boy peripheral briefly set the world record for what? Tune in to The Leadist Podcast this Wednesday to hear the answer. You can find The Leadist on your favorite podcast platform, and we'll also have their links in the show notes. So any guesses on this one? So 99, that would have been Game Boy Color years, right? Yep. yep. Which came out in 1998. Peripherals set the world record for what? I'm trying to even remember what the peripherals were. I know it. Well, then say it, Donnie. Uh, I want Blue to say it. I don't know it. <laughs> it is... Redacted. Very good. That's a world record? Yeah. Okay. I would imagine that's been broken a lot yeah. since then. Right. <laughs> that never even entered the possibility in my mind that that would be a Guinness World Record. Mm-hmm. All right, fellow kids, grab that bleach blonde hair dye, put on that puka shell necklace, pop that Lilith Fair CD into the player, and make sure your Mitsubishi Eclipse has gas, because where we're going, we'll certainly need it. This is the Retro Rewind for November 1998. The top Billboard songs and artists for this uh, for this month, Doo-Wop, That Thing by Lauren Hill, Lately by Divine. Don't know if I've ever heard that one. The First Night by Monica. Not sure I'm familiar with that one either. One Week by the Bare Naked Ladies. Go ahead, Ryan, sing it. I know you want to. Chicken to China, the Chinese chicken. Have a jumpstick in your brain, stop ticking. Watch your next files with the night lot. Who dollar me a sound? Smoking. The Chinese chicken part, I think, is the only part of that song that everybody knows. And the rest of it is just kind of you mumble along in the car when it's on the radio. <laughs> like you know the words, but you have no clue. I hope the smoking man's in this one. Because of you, 98 degrees. Oof. How deep is your love by Drew Hill? Crush by Jennifer Page. I actually like that one. It's just a little God, I'm having like all these (laughs) nauseous flashbacks of those bad late 90s pop groups. Oh my God. Nobody's Supposed to Be Here by Deborah Cox. This Kiss by Faith Hill. And finally, I'll Be by Edwin McCain. And if you don't know what that one is. I don't know what that one is. I'll be your crying shoulder. (laughs) That was perfect. (laughs) (laughs) God, that song was annoying. Hot at the theaters this month, The Water Boy, starring Adam Sandler. 
The Rugrats movie, A Bug's Life, Enemy of the State, The Siege, Meet Joe Black. I still know what you did last summer, in case anybody <laughs> forgot. <laughs> Pleasantville, which is one of my favorite movies. Ants and John Carpenter's Vampires. I think there was a time or period of time where why are you why are you making that sound? I feel like I saw that and it I really hated it. <laughs> it's with uh, John or um, yeah 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 no I know uh, Woods no yeah. James Woods Jim, James Woods right and when I'm trying to think about it I can't remember a single thing other than leaving the theater and going I hated that <laughs> until Twilight came out. Uh, there was a new standard for vampire movies that we hate. Uh, there was a period of time where um, Adam Sandler ruled the box office with movies Absolutely. like The Water Boy. And I kind of miss it. Hot at the Arcades, Street Fighter Alpha 3, Soul Calibur. That's it. It's wow. like the arcades Ooh. are kind of dying. Oh. I don't know what to make of this. <laughs> That's sad. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm sure there were a lot more games there, but it's just like those were the biggest things that were that month. And it's like, I think people were at that time starting to not go to the arcades as much. Kind of the, the harbinger of the end. Yes. So in this month's issue of Electronic Gaming Monthly, we take a look at a couple of uh, fan written letters. This one coming from Dexter Lee from Jacksonville, Florida writes... I have owned a PlayStation since September 30th, 1995. Now Sony is selling a DualShock system for $129.95. I feel that this is a great deal for people who do not own a PlayStation. Customers like myself, however, may feel mistreated. My mom, granted, his mom paid $400 for my PlayStation in 1995, and now new owners are paying just $129.95 for a PlayStation, DualShock controller, and the sound scope. It's really unfair if you think about it. Shouldn't we, longtime PlayStation owners, get something in return? We're the ones who help make the system a success. What do you guys think about that? I don't know. Go ask your mom for another two hundred dollars. Well, it's it's the it's the age old. Well, I mean, I jumped on it first. Uh, now, like the system is only ninety nine dollars. I should have waited. Well, I mean, yeah, you're right. You could have waited, but mm -hmm. as Electronic Gaming Monthly has stated. If you invest in some sort of technology at the very, very beginning, you're going to pay the ultimate price for it. You're going to pay higher than normal because you're getting to experience that first and foremost. Right. You got to play PlayStation games all those years. And now you are going to be jealous of all the people who are just finally now able to afford to get into it. That yep. is just a teensy bit backwards. But whatever. Just ask your mom to buy you another one. <laughs> Ma! Friggin' rich kids. Exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> Man, if I ever meet one of those kids, oh, Come. <laughs> 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 Another user writes in, I'm starting a petition to get Sega to release the other two scenarios of Shining Force 3. Please post this letter so interested people can email me at brewfam at gateway.net. That's brewfam at gateway.net. And unfortunately, yes, I did try that email address and it bounced back as undeliverable. Aww. That's a shame. That's not a very 90s email address, though. No, not at all. <laughs> That's like AOL or, um, Jesus, like uh, Netscape, netscape.net. 
don't mm-hmm. think that's around anymore. There's not enough X's in it also. <laughs> Proof and XXX, 42069. Yep. yep. I normally wouldn't be this picky, except that this typo is probably copyright violation. In your preview of the upcoming Final Fantasy VIII demo, you make a reference to Biggs and Wedge from Final Fantasy VI and VII. Biggs and Wedge are the guys from Star Wars. You were thinking of Vix and Wedge. Actually, it's Biggs and Wedge. Biggs from the Japanese Final Fantasy VI was mistranslated into Vix for the U.S. Final Fantasy III. This was fixed for Final Fantasy VII and will hopefully be right in the U.S. for Part VIII. So this is a an um Actually. Wow, I don't care. Wow. <laughs> exactly. Somebody took it upon themselves to write the editor of Electronic Gaming Monthly telling them that they screwed up when in actually they didn't. They just didn't know the history. It makes me tired thinking of how much I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but somebody did, Blue. Somebody did. Okay. <laughs> so the game's released this month. Little game you probably have never heard of. Ocarina of Time. You guys heard hear this one? <laughs> Hardly worth mentioning. Yeah, it, it's, it's a, it was a flash in the pan. Ocarina of Time, Half-Life, Oddworld, Abe's Exodus, NBA Live 99, Madden 99, uh, NFL Quarterback 90, Club 99. A bunch of sports games were released this month. Nobody cares about those. <laughs> exactly. Dance Dance Revolution, F-Zero X, which was EGM's game of the month. It received nines all around. Rival Schools United by Fate, Tomb Raider 3, and another thing that you guys may or may not have heard of, the Game Boy Color. Ah, that's why you knew right away exactly. <laughs> what it had been released. <laughs> <laughs> so basically what we're, we're talking about in this retro we rewind, retro rewind. It's hard to say, right? It is. It's a tongue twister. I applaud you for getting it right every time. Is the arcades are dying. Mm -hmm. There's nothing interesting out on consoles, basically sports games. And then I'm remembering back to this year and I wasn't playing games anymore. I'd walked away from them. (laughs) No wonder I walked away. Yeah, I was like, gee, I wonder why. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's play a game. Wait, what kind of game? Let's play a game. It's not like the guy from Saw. Right, let's play a game. <laughs> right. play a game. So we're going to do this. If you're, if you're still listening, I'm going to give away something if you can give me the phrase that I'm looking for. Okay, so here's how we're going to play. I'm going to read off some questions. As I'm basically just going to say, um, like the first one is Mardi Gras location. What's your answer? New Orleans. There you New go. Orleans. No, New Orleans. Now, <laughs> so when I read the, the question, uh, if you know the answer, I'm going to tell you two numbers. And those two numbers will be the letters you'll need from your answer to form a phrase. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so if somebody can get this, if somebody can get the phrase and you can at me on Twitter, you will win a copy of the Super Game Boy, the complete guide to the colorful side of Game Boy Magazine. This is the official Super Super Game Boy Guide by Nintendo. It covers all of the different games that were out for the uh, the Super Game Boy that were compatible with it. So you will get this. I will send this to you Ooh. via mail if you can get me the actual phrase. <laughs> so somebody's going to enter and they really just want your address. <laughs> that is true. Uh, yes. Um, How many stalkers do you currently have? I actually don't have any stalkers, unlike you two. That you know of. Maybe they're just really good. 
damn it, maybe I shouldn't do this. <laughs> this is based on a game called Medieval. Do you remember that game? I do. Okay, so Medieval for the PlayStation. So the first one, the first question was Mardi Gras location. We'll give this one to the readers. The answer is New Orleans. So you want four and six. So out of that that phrase, so new and the fourth one is an O. Correct. Right? And the sixth one is an E. L. Uh, the sixth one is an L. L, right. I'm sorry, L. You're spelling it Nolens, so no, I am. I yeah. am. So and I was gonna say so people who A W L I N S. Yeah. The second question: resting place for the dead. Graveyard. That is incorrect. But you will need letters two and eight. Third question: something carved for Halloween. You need letters two and four. It's afraid of garlic. Crosses and sunlight. And no, it's not RGB. (laughs) (laughs) I love garlic, man. (laughs) So do I. You need letters two and five. Now for this one, favorite chicken piece. If he's in a bind, Sir Dan from Medieval might use this as a weapon. So that's your hint. You can go up and look it up on Lugal, get the answer. You'll need letter number one. King Arthur's court members. You'll need letters four and six. Partner in crime to Thunderbolt. Now, this is not game specific. And while this may scare some, Sir Dan is impervious. You'll need letters one, six, and ten. Color of the sun. You'll need letters one and four. And a very long trip. You'll need letters two and seven. Now, if you can be the first person to at me on Twitter, at Donnie G Retro, with the phrase, then you will win the Super Game Boy Guide from Nintendo. I think you should make it like a hashtag, uh, like it's a radio show. Be like, the phrase that pays. Ooh, that's <laughs> great. I think I'll do that. Okay. So if you are the first one to at me on Twitter, at Donnie G Retro, with the correct answer and the hashtag, the phrase that pays. <laughs> Remember, the answer and hashtag the phrase that pays, you will win the official Super Game Boy Guide by Nintendo. I will send that out to you. Okay, kids, thanks for hanging out with me this evening. This concludes our retro rewind for this month. I got to get some VHS types back to Blockbuster or else they're going to charge me a ridiculous late fee. (laughs) Say, does anyone got any money for gas? I'll trade you all these stupid Pokemon cards I just bought. Sucker. (laughs) (laughs) And remember to be kind and rewind. Mm -hmm. Be kind, rewind, or else you get charged for it. All right, let's go ahead and wrap up the show. Thank you for listening to episode 49 of Gamers Week podcast. And a big thank you to the Retro Game Club podcast, the Leadest podcast, and Love Retro BTW for sponsoring this episode. Don't forget to check out their links in the show notes. Also, don't forget to look for A Video Gaming Christmas by Kev Bayless, David Wise, and Grant Kirkhope. All proceeds will benefit Special Effect, the UK-based charity that's leveling the playing field for gamers with physical disabilities around the world. Find A Video Gaming Christmas on Spotify or follow the link in the show notes.
If you want to connect with Gamers Week, follow us on Twitter at GamersWeekPC, email us at GamersWeekPodcast at gmail.com, visit our merch store at Gamers-Week-Podcast.Creator-Spring.com, or if you want to do it the easy way, follow the link in the show notes. Join us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash GamersWeek. And finally, since you made it all the way to the end of this episode, please leave us a rating and a review to let us know how we did. We really do value your feedback. And while you're there, consider subscribing on iTunes, Spotify, or your podcast platform of choice. That's it for us, everyone. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next week. I don't want a lot for Christmas. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's going to be living rent-free in your heads. Probably. That's why I hate Christmas music. (laughs) Good night, everybody. Good night. (laughs) You asshole. Badoom! Welcome to Gamers Week Uncut. Welcome to Gamers Week Uncut. Welcome to Gamers Week Uncut, patrons with benefits. This is the unscripted patron-only bonus cast with less editing and more dirty jokes. We don't know where the conversation will go, but we're sure it will be weird. This fish just went right on my nipple. And I'm just like... I Google Street Fighter 6, the first search result that comes up is people think they can see Ryu's dick in the Street Fighter 6 reveal. <laughs> Listen up here, kids. You're not going to want to get one of those VD STDs things, right? Make your dick fall off. When you go, grab a pro. You'll be doing it for America. That was perfect. <laughs> If you want to hear weekly episodes of our patron-only bonus cast, join us at patreon.com slash gamersweek. 